Welcome everyone to our service of choral evensong on this, the 14th Sunday after Trinity. Today is also the eve of the funeral service of our late Queen, Elizabeth II. And as our time of national mourning continues, we shall be reflecting this theme during our services today. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders, Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
A reading from the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. But the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and there shall no torment touch them. In the sight of the unwise they seem to die, and their departure is taken for misery, and their going from us to be utter destruction. But they are in peace. For though they be punished in the sight of men, yet is their hope full of immortality. And having been a little chastised, they shall be greatly rewarded. For God proved them and found them worthy for himself. As gold in the furnace hath he tried them and received them as a burnt offering. And in the time of their visitation, they shall shine and run to and fro like sparks among the stubble. They shall judge the nations and have dominion over the people, and their Lord shall reign for ever. They that put their trust in him shall understand the truth, and such as be faithful in love shall abide with him. For grace and mercy is to his saints, and he hath care for his elect. But the righteous live for evermore, their reward also is with the Lord, and the care of them is with the Most High. Therefore shall they receive a glorious kingdom and a beautiful crown from the Lord's hand. For with his right hand shall he cover them, and with his arm shall he protect them. This is the word of the Lord.
The New Testament lesson is written in the first letter of St Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
almighty God, whose only Son hath opened for us a new and living way into thy presence. Grant that with pure hearts and constant wills we may worship thee in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
In this country, we really are richly blessed with the most extraordinarily gifted newspaper cartoonists who can very often capture perfectly and in a simple drawing, often without a single word attached to it, the power of an event or the mood of the nation. And they're able to do so movingly and poignantly. That has certainly been the case in their response to the death of Her Majesty the Queen last week. I'm sure that you will have seen many of these cartoons and will have had your own favourites amongst them, but there were two that particularly caught my own eye. One that you may have seen was the image of one of the fabulous new trains on the Elizabeth Line bearing a sole passenger, Her Majesty the Queen, seen from behind as that train enters the tunnel ahead of it, a tunnel filled with a glorious blazing light. The other cartoon that caught my eye was the image of a very forlorn looking corgi seated by a large pair of, uh, a pair of large green wellies, looking sadly up at two items hanging from hooks on the wall above. One of those items was a dog's lead, the other was a crown, finally removed and hung up. But there were also some very touching cartoons showing the reunion of the Queen and Prince Philip, one of which shows her getting into one of their much-loved Land Rovers, the two of them who were so devoted during their long marriage now reunited at last and ready to drive off into the sunset. So it was perhaps a rather strange train of thought that led me to what I'm about to say, but that notion of a noble couple united in death brought into my mind the memorial that is immortalised in Philip Larkin's famous poem, An Arundel Tomb describing a 14th century monument depicting in stone the effigies of the Earl of Arundel and his wife, the Countess. Larkin was a very complicated man and the poem itself is complex and at times perplexing. But he does draw our attention to one feature of that monument that once seen can never be, be forgotten. The Earl, lying there at his death, clad in full armour, has removed one of his gauntlets, which lies empty at his side, and the hand that is therefore revealed reaches across, tenderly holding the hand of his wife. It is profoundly touching to see. Larkin's poem begins with these words. Side by side, their faces blurred, the Earl and Countess lie in stone, their proper habits vaguely shown as joined armour, stiffened pleat, and that faint hint of the absurd, the little dogs under their feet. Such plainness of the pre-Baroque hardly involves the eye until it meets his left-hand gauntlet, 
still clasped empty in the other. And one sees with a sharp, tender shock his hand withdrawn, holding her hand. So why was I thinking of that poem? I think because there is something about the juxtaposition of, on the one hand, the stone and the armour and the joints and the nobility and the formality and all of that, and on the other, that tender living human gesture of affection that somehow captures that strange married existence that was shared by the Queen and Prince Philip, who were constrained by so much in their married life, yet bound by deep and genuine affection. I'm trying hard not to wallow in sentimentality here. My apologies if I'm failing. But on the eve of the funeral service of the Queen, our sadness at her loss can be tempered by a very real sense that she is now freed from the frailties of this life and reunited with those whom she has loved who have travelled that path before her. First and foremost, of course, her much-loved husband of so many years. With the recent change of leadership in the Conservative Party, it was widely reported that Liz Truss had become the 15th Prime Minister to have served under the Queen. The first of those Prime Ministers, Winston Churchill, who died in 1965, wrote a very touching letter to his beloved wife, Clementine, in the event of my death, in which Churchill said this. Do not grieve for me too much. I am a spirit confident of my rights. Death is only an incident and not the most important which happens to us in this state of being. On the whole, especially since I met you, my darling one, I have been happy and you have taught me how noble a woman's heart can be. If there is anywhere else, I shall be on the lookout for you. Meanwhile, look forward, feel free, rejoice in life, cherish the children, guard my memory, bless you. But perhaps it's appropriate to leave the final word with the, the Arundel Monument and the closing stanza of Larkin's poem particularly its memorable last line. Time has transfigured them into untruth. The stone fidelity they hardly meant has come to be their final blazon and to prove our almost instinct, almost true. What will survive of us is love. Amen.
Let us pray. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we bless your holy name for all that you have given us in and through the life of your servant, Queen Elizabeth. We give you thanks for her love of family and her gift of friendship, for her devotion to this nation and the nations of the Commonwealth, for her grace, dignity and courtesy, and for her generosity and love of life. We praise you for the courage that she showed in testing times, for the depth of her Christian faith, and the witness she bore to it in word and deed. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we pray for your church and all its leaders at this time in this land and around the Commonwealth. We pray especially for Justin and Stephen, our Archbishops, for Sarah, our Bishop, and Alison, our Rector. We pray also for the Dean of Westminster Abbey, David Hoyle, and for all the Abbey staff. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of the nations, remembering especially those in conflict and those suffering from floods or drought. We pray for our emergency services, for local government leaders, and for all involved in tomorrow's state funeral. We pray for members of parliament and for our government and prime minister and for King Charles III and the Queen Consort. Lord God, you provide for your people by your power and rule over them in love. Grant to your servant, our King, the spirit of wisdom and discernment, that being devoted to you with his whole heart, he may so wisely govern that in his time we may live in safety and in peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we ask for your blessing on all who suffer in body, mind or spirit in this city and around the world. May they know your presence and your peace. And we continue to pray also for journalists and for those who work in the media at this time. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God, our creator and redeemer, by your power Christ conquered death and returned to you in glory. Confident of his victory and claiming his promises, 
we entrust your servant Elizabeth into your keeping in the name of Jesus our Lord. We remember before you all the recently departed and those whose years mind comes at this time. And we pray for all who mourn. Father of all mercies and God of all consolation, you pursue us with untiring love and dispel the shadow of death with the bright dawn of life. Give courage to the royal family in their loss and sorrow. Be their refuge and strength, O Lord. Reassure them in your continuing love. Lift them from the depths of grief into the peace and light of your presence. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you all. Thank you. 